Hi, welcome to D and a D, the father-daughter podcast, where we talk about family, business, travel, society, health, technology, and anything else you can think of. You'll learn about new and different topics from a teen, daughter, and student's point of view, plus an adult, father, and business coach's point of view. Dad, are you ready? Let's do it. So sit back and enjoy these mind-buzzing discussions. Hey, Adi. Hello. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. So lately we've been, as a family, we watched a great movie. Yeah, the most recent one was Gorda. About, it was about, basically about the leader of the Yom Kippur War in the year 1976. About 50 years ago, exactly. And there was a female leader named Gorda Meir. She sort of changed the way Israel fought, the way everything was. And it was a big thing. It was a big war for the nation, you know? Sure. So give me a little bit of insight. Like, what did we experience in that movie? And for me, I think the movie was wonderfully made. I think it was It was very emotional because it showed not only the sides of the war, but her personal life throughout the war. She, she battled cancer. She, like, they went through the the war, through planning, through everything, and then she had to stop in the middle, go to radiotherapy, what they had back then for cancer, then come back tired and still keep on fighting. It was a very emotional movie, but it really changed the way I viewed her. So can you explain a little bit details about the Yom Kippur War? Um, Yom Kippur War. Yeah, sure. So Yom Kippur War, just for reference, it took almost 19 days, and it starts on October 6 in 1973. And um, majorly two attack. One is the Egyptians' attack from the south of Israel, and the Syrian attack from the north side, which is the, uh, the Mount of Hermon, the Golan Heights. And Israel had to move troops in the middle of Yom Kippur, which is the holiest day when everybody is fasting and everybody is in synagogue, and they started a war as a surprise. It was a big lack of intelligence or big ignoring of the intelligence signals. And um, eventually it was a lack of final leadership in the war cabinet. And the prime minister, who was the only female prime minister in the Israeli history, the first and so far the last. We'll see how the history will show. But uh, she basically took on herself the opportunity and the responsibility, and she acted and led in an amazing way a very historical point, and she really understood that this is time that really depends on her, her and on the way we will win this fight. The history... Of and the future of Israeli nations will be depending on that. Also, the the way it also changed the way in the future, the way the army of Israel fought, their methods of fighting, because they learned their lessons regarding her leadership and all of the way she. So let's talk about her leadership. What do you think? From what do you know and from what you saw in the movie, how would you describe her leadership? I think she she knew how to separate her personal life and her heart, personal hardships from the hardship of the nations, although it took a huge 
toll on her, seeing all the stress, this huge hearing over the radio, uh, a soldier screaming, I have a son, I don't want to die. It, it was it's a very hard thing, but I think she knew how to pause that, get her mind centered, straightforward, and plan. She knew what was the right thing to do. She knew how to pause everything, just sit and plan. She knew what was top priority, and she handled it well. Yeah, I think the movie really represents in a great way how she managed personal battles, both as far as health and as far as family and as far as personal relationship and attachment to details and attachment to personalities and seeing and being proactive and very gentle about the emotions, but at the same time not losing her mind and emotions and sometimes being the strongest man in a room of full of men and generals. And despite all the greatness of this old generals, put them sometimes on the spot and lead and take the leadership position. We also saw how she treated the Americans and how she engaged the Americans help. I mean, I mean U.S. support us tremendously in that, in that part. And um, she created this home environment and she feed like the old days, they used to politics. It was she was she was more she was an old lady, so she would sort of deal with politics and try to settle things with food. Like an old lady, she brought the American, oh, was it prime minister? No, the secretary. So yeah. She he came to her house at night. She she gave him borscht, which is a soup, and they dealt it in a very when I sat there, I was like, oh, what, what happened to all the politics today? I think that's her magic. It was her magic to deal with all these fronts at the same time. It was a woman's touch to politics. It was a woman's touch to the... So I think, I think this part really helped her in some way. So let's talk for a second. What does Yom Kippur did for Israel? Again, it's we are just celebrating, so call it 50 years. Uh, as we're recording this session, Israel again under war, probably the biggest war that we experienced, worse than Yom Kippur for sure. But just for a second, let's talk about Yom Kippur war. How is the impact? Again, after six day, after the war of six day, I think Israel came with big chest after big winning, which happens in 1967. And here we are, five years later, in some way, we are a little bit under the impression that nobody can do anything to us. Everybody is frightened and everybody's afraid from us. And here we are in the most vulnerable time and day when we are in synagogues praying and fasting for forgiveness and for prosperity for the world. Two major nations, the Egyptians and the Syrians, are attacking us. And the lack of the knowledge and the information and the lack of the fact that we didn't listen to our intelligence and we didn't took him so seriously and we let the ego be there and say, oh, no, nothing is going to scare us. Nobody's going to try even to do anything to us. I think that's really put us in a very vulnerable spot. And the enemy, you really used that. And unfortunately, this really happens again three weeks ago when we had this miss information of everything's going to be all right and the enemy is really not going to do anything because they are so afraid of us and we have the best army and the best technology and here we are we got so screwed up and unfortunately so many people lost their lives in so brutal way 
So in, in this way, the historical partners really repeats himself. But I also think that Golda Meir being there as a leader and understanding very fast the crisis and understanding that nobody else will do the job, she stood, she stood, stood up and she stepped in. And sometimes leadership very stood up and you can see sh people shining up and heroes shining up in so much painful and so much crisis situation. And, and I think you can share with us what you see now, right? Again, how people are shine and how people shine from the ashes and creating amazing, amazing miracle stories and unity stories, friendship stories and helping each other. But let's go back for a second to that movie. How watching Gold Eyes really touched you? I think it made me realize that even, I mean, it was a very big um, part of like fem femininity. They brought a lot of that into the movie because of course, it's a room full of men, politics. Mm -hmm. And a woman stepped in and did so much better than any of them could ever imagine, you know? And to see that, and at the same time, she was also going through things. She, she didn't have any kids. She was suffering alone. The only support she had was her secretary that told her, I am your daughter. That was the only sort of family bond they had. And it made me think that like... She also smoked a lot. Right? Yeah, she smoked a lot, even though she had cancer in a lot. It was, it just made me realize that we should be, appreciate the family that we do have. Not take them for granted, you know? It's, it's, it's important. And if, if you need support and you do have family, go to them. It's not, it's not hard. There's harder. Gorda. You know, she really had no one. Can you share with me like one or two quotes from the movie that really stood up? I think there was one, but it wasn't really a quote. It was more of like the, the symbolic like image or scene where like at 12 in the midnight, she goes and she's sleeping. And then she has a red phone with the cable, with the, the old phone, you know, she gets a phone call. The war is coming, something scary. No, so this is actually a reality, and that's a famous quote. Yeah, so that's the famous quote is, who's going to be there at 3 a.m. to answer the red phone? The red phone is the secret phone, the encrypted phone that is connected directly to the government, and only encrypted messages could be there. And usually this phone is only ringing in the emergency part. So this phone is ringing in the middle of the night, and she picked up, and he's saying Israel at war. And that's become, that's become a phrase. Who's going to be there to answer the phone at 3 a.m.? There was another scene, I think, where in the beginning, where she goes, starts getting cancer and all that, there are some, she always tries, she always says sentences to try to liven up the mood. Mm -hmm. I noticed, and at the end of the movie, she's in the hospital bed, and she sees on the TV in front of her, it, I don't remember exactly, but there was something relating to a funny sentence that she said, mm -hmm. and that really, like, summed up just the person she was i think to me is really to me is really two two scene one is when she's going into the ct or she's going to through chemo in the hospital and she's already laying over and they trying and starting to push her inside and she's still and, and yeah and she's still smoking a cigarette and the doctor is really waiting and taking the cigarette out of her hand and he's saying you really don't make my job easy that's one scene the other scene i think when the secretary of the united states sat down and like you mentioned in her living room eating a borscht and he understood that this situation is really not comfortable and not usual again they are discussing the, the peace and the ceasefire 
and the end of this war. And um, and he's saying to her, listen, I you have to understand that I'm first, I'm American and I'm Secretary of the States, and I'm also a Jew. And she answered him, well, you know, in Hebrew, we read from right to left instead of left to right, which means I don't care what you consider yourself. I consider you as a Jew first. That's why you must help us. Right. That could also really relate to nowadays. Everyone is so egotistical. Everyone is so, I am this, I am that. Doctors before my name, professors before my name, before my identity, you know? And yeah. that just, that takes your personality, that, that you treat people differently. And now the war, everyone treats each other differently with hatred, you know? So how this experience of going together as a family and watching these historical movies really speaks to you? Do you think we should do it more? Do you think more movies should should be about it? By the way, we're going to watch Napoleon. Napoleon. I'm sure we're going to have some, uh, some discussion about it. But how this experience speaks to you? I think it, it's not like any other movie, like the Barbie movie or... Toy Story or something. It, it's like this is like a hardcore, real movie that after I personally, I was still shaking and crying at the end while walking to the car. We were all like, wow. We're so touched because we know we know of the, the Israeli actors that were in the movie. We know of the places of the language. of We know of the leader. You know, this is a really touching as a family. We, we know. We connect to each other. And we bonded over. How? So it's it's a root conversation, and it's also bonding for us. And also, I think it's it's a little bit of a piece of Israel, right? Watching this movie far away from Israel, mm-hmm. far away from our relatives, but at the same time, knowing the places, the places, the pieces, the conversation. Some of these people are still alive, and unfortunately, we're seeing this war again. And so many books and so many movies will be, and hopefully this war will be ended soon in a victory way and in the way that we can push away the... It's just love. We just need love. We need a lot of lights just and a lot of miracles. Love, love the brother. Love your brothers, your sisters. So I want to thank you for this conversation, and I wish us both seeing miracles and better days. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. And to catch all the latest from us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. See you next time. See you next time.